Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you heard all the rave about the new Quick Grill located inside the Be Quick Chevron on Veterans Boulevard? Come visit Be Quick Chevron along with Quick Grill, Be Quick Food Marts, your locally owned hometown convenience store, wherever you are. What is up on a Thursday? Thursday. Yeah, Yeah. today's Thursday. I am Brian Scott Rippey, my co-conspirator you just heard that reminded me what day of the week it is. It's Colin Brister, as always. We appreciate you listening to this Thursday evening edition of the Rebel Report, so we lied to you. Um, (laughs) We said we were going to record on schedule. That didn't happen. I didn't really think about the whole Ole Miss playing the back-to-back day games thing even if they got to like if they got a second day game not enough time for really to record a podcast and do a turnaround because by the time most of you listen to it they would be in in another game but we figured we'd drop one thursday night with them not playing till friday after yeah it was, it was selfish of Ole Miss to lose that i mean they they caused us not be able to record on time that's very true i also was going to play golf and was not allowed to do that so uh you know selfish Thanks for nothing, Zach Phillips. Uh, just kidding. He pitched fine. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't we'll him. That in a second. It was not him. Um, so, yes, I am in my Hoover hotel room. Are you in Hoover, Alabama as well? No, I, the same spot. No, I, I uh, came home after today's game, and if they're there on Saturday, we'll go back. Okay, so I'm sitting in my Hoover hotel. I just got done with radio. Um, Ole Miss has played three games in Hoover. They've gone two and one. They beat Missouri two to one on Tuesday. They beat... Or they lost to Arkansas five to three yesterday in a game that Zach Phillips pitched well and probably deserved a better fate. They had a very yeah. sloppy defensive game behind him, some miscues late, missed some opportunities, and then won a just very bizarre one to nothing <laughs> game today. They were no hit until the ninth inning. A um, and M cannot hit their way out of a paper sack. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I don't really know how to do this because I don't want to go through and break down each game and just right. do the generic bullshit essentially. So what we'll do is we'll take your questions which you have sent in via twitter facebook some and i got a couple of text messages and then if that obviously that probably won't hit everything so we'll just kind of do our key takeaways from each game um so why don't we just start with the questions Jet, that'll okay. get us that sounds kind good of scooting so let me get these pulled up first um <laughs> yeah less than ideal podcasting conditions but i'm gonna power through anyway that's so, so you're back at the hotel Yes, back at the Embassy Suites, or am I on the pullout couch because I am in a room with Brian Haydad, and he is 40-something years old. I felt bad putting him on a pullout couch. I am a spry 24. Oh, man. They they didn't get y'all two beds? No, so that's normally the thing when we do have to share hotel rooms, which is not very often. But when we do, obviously normally a two-bed system, Embassy Suites, which is the media hotel room, uh, did not have any of those varieties. So real kicking the nuts to your boy. I'm on a – pull out couch but uh we'll we will power just drink through a, anyway. just drink a little bit more you'll never know yeah exactly just sleep and that's pretty much what i've done um <laughs> let's see now the hotel wi-fi is not cooperating <laughs> imagine that oh man the embassy suites is nice though yeah no it's not a bad place it's not the games haven't lined up where it can hit they have a happy hour from five yeah. to seven or whatever yeah. it is and that's that's always clutch yeah, um, you won't get it, it tomorrow not. either. No, I will not because they were playing at what time? Three, three o'clock 3 p.m. Central Standard so, Time. Oh come on, Wi-Fi! <laughs> what are we doing here? All right, I'm gonna go to the hot spot. Yeah, this is very bad podcasting. Bear with us. I'll get it up in just a second. Everything will be all good. Um, so 
And hold we... on, hold on. I, I've got some questions. Pull off. I want to start with one, and then we can get back to Ole Miss. Um, here, here, here's a question from Lee Masterson. He asked if uh, the Vandy Whistler is the biggest douche canoe. His words, not mine, in the history of sports. Um. Okay. Yeah. I saw a weekend. That's a good place to start. I actually saw that one earlier. It made me laugh. So thank you, Lee. Um. Yes. I'm gonna have a very hot take and say no, and it's whatever oh. asshole decided not to do anything about him. <laughs> Whoever was in charge at Vanderbilt was like, "We're gonna let this guy go." That is an even bigger asshole move than um, than allowing the Whistler. The Whistler is the second, though, so the okay, absolute okay. second biggest. Yeah, um, okay. I like that. Little yeah, little creativity. Because there is there there are people in power that ha- that could have killed off the Vanley Whistler figuratively, not literally. Please don't go kill the guy. Although, eh, never mind, I'm not going to go there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> please don't go actually kill the guy. There's there, the Vanley Whistler could have been silenced. I guess is a better word. And the people in power have failed us. Um, so yeah. vote them out of office. I don't think that's how that works, but whatever. That people have failed us. Like that could have been nipped in the butt a long ago. And I don't buy this whole line of crap that well, he's just cheering on his team. He's a loyal fan. No, you're anno- you can cheer on your team without annoying thousands of people. And actually, it's millions of people because you can hear yeah. on television. We had a radio broadcast yesterday. Obviously, we're Sports Talk Mississippi. We're at the Hoover Met every day this week. We've been broadcasting live, and we had listeners be like, I, I like text in and be like, I can't do this. I like your show, but I can't do this. I cannot listen to that guy. Um, I'm just gonna just if if I'm not advocating, if someone was to you know just take care of this guy uh, in whatever way that that needed to be uh, done to take care of this guy, would could you set up a GoFundMe to uh, get them out of jail and and go a ways in, in legal fees? Um, I'd put it, I would tattoo their name on my chest. I don't know about legal fees. <laughs> I mean, if you that? started the Go GoFundMe, I mean. I think I'd donate. I would donate. I just don't understand how the SEC has it been like, look, man, like well, the, you either you either cut this out or you are banned from all events. And if you want to sue us, we got money, buddy. So, like, let's take this out because well, we, we will rake they you did, bone dry. In all seriousness, they did do something in Omaha. They told him he, that he, he was, like, sitting in a place where there was a mic, and they made him move. They said, if you're going to do this, you you have to move. And I, I don't. I think it became a pretty big deal, but they they made him get out of a section of seats where he was close to a, a mic that was coming through the TV. So there's a Tennessean story on this guy, and there's two whistlers, but there's a main one, and the main one it's about as punchable of a face as you yeah, ever so come that's across. Say. Very punchable face. So I haven't read the Tennessean story because it's really just going to make me mad, and it's not like a new story; like it's a couple years old. But like, I don't understand what's this guy's mo. He just enjoys annoying mass amounts of people. Like, how big of a selfish asshole do you have to be? I don't understand that. Like, that just kind of his mo. Do you have any background on this guy? No, no. That that's pretty much it. It seems like it, it seems like he was doing it in an innocent fashion, and once he realized it pissed everybody off, that he just wanted to continue to do it. I was at the tournament. It happened. It was either fifteen or sixteen. And- I think it was sixteen. Yeah, then it, it it was just like oh, and it was kind of funny at first, and it's like okay, this guy's kind of annoying, and now it's like hey, like like screw let's off. put a hit on this guy. Um, <laughs> I hope he doesn't have offspring. I really don't. I'm, he if he doesn't by now, I don't feel like he will. He yeah, he's like an older gentleman. Some, yeah, so I don't. Oh God, he's it's a it it drives me insane. Like yesterday, I'd already covered the game. I had a headache. Like I'm being a wuss, I understand by saying that. But what I'm saying is, like when you, particularly like if you're a fan and you've been out in the sun all day, and like you sit down and you try to watch a game, 
and that's going on, it drives you insane because it's this it's it's like the Chinese water torture. It's the exact same thing over and over and over and over again. And then apparently some when they were playing Auburn yesterday, some guy tried to counter from Auburn with his own whistle and it's like, "Sir, like I appreciate the effort, but you're helping nothing." <laughs> oh god. Okay, all right, all right. Hypothetical situation here. Would you rather have to sit in a in, a, in like I don't know, a closed room with this fellow for, I don't know, 30 minutes as he watches Vanderbilt or cover a 17-inning baseball game that lasts until 3 in the morning? 17-inning game. <laughs> At least I can do it quietly. <laughs> I felt bad for those people last night as I passed out in the 14th inning. Hey, Dad came to my room. I really – so I, I really screwed up. I uh, So I came back. I, we went out or whatever, watched a little bit of the game. I came back to the hotel. was sound asleep course well before that was over but i accidentally detonated the deadbolt uh, oh, on our God, door Brian. by accident i don't really know how i did that i just kind of like shot it, it was certainly not intentional and so hey dad comes back at our room he got back to our hotel room after that game at five o'clock in the morning and oh then thought his God. key was broken because i had the deadbolt and i couldn't wake up but luckily i, I would have cursed on loud, which i don't always have my phone on loud he could have really really been in trouble if that wasn't the case so <laughs> he'd have yeah, beat that door down a, that's a big time my bad situation because uh yeah I screwed that up I don't really know how I did that but man I can't imagine him just like dragging ass at you know five o'clock in the morning after one of the more absurd games ever <laughs> I wonder what time and, he woke up today um he had to be at the ballpark at two th- or like two thirty three ish because we start radio so he looked all right he was in decent shape but I don't really know how because that that would ruin me for another day and a half like going and he's to got bed a game at eight tonight. He does. It could definitely happen again. He could have another no, no, in game with the Whistler. <laughs> At least Ethan jump. Small's pitching tonight. There will be outs recorded. Yeah, I, I would jump. I would jump. I would, if it happens again and you have the Whistler in the ballpark, I would probably jump off the side. Anyway, that's about 10 minutes too long on the Whistler. 10 more minutes than he deserved. So I've got the questions pulled up. Um, All right. So we'll just go down in order. I'll start with Twitter. Ben McDonald says, what's the best stadium food at Hoovernet? Hospitality, media, or non-sweet? I don't know. They just serve us. I will say from a – not that anyone cares, but from a media food perspective, they do very well. They serve us like – Chick-fil-A. Yeah, Chick-fil-A, catered stuff. There was a taco bar today. It was actually very good. I don't know any – like I've never sat in the stands for a game here, um, so I don't really know like the iconic stuff. Yeah, Um, it's not really – I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I've sat in the stands the past three days. Um, I mean, it's basically concession stand food. You've got, like, there is a, uh, like, a Polish sausage place. I mean, they've got a little bit of variety, but it's basic concession stand food. I will say the hamburger is pretty good. Okay, so, yeah, okay, so to the first year I ever covered this tournament, I guess it was 15, um, there was a beef jerky distributor that was, I guess, <laughs> advertising with the SEC that had free beef jerky all week up there and was absolutely fantastic. And I will, <laughs> I will put my hand up and admit this without any shame. On the way out my last day there, I put three bags in my backpack and walked out. I like uh, that. It was amazing. Like, And I'm not a big, like, oh, free food, let's hoard this. But I was like, this jerky is incredible. I don't remember the name of it. It hasn't been back since. The second year I came back, I was like, oh, I thought this was an every year thing. And <laughs> Can y'all it get was, this guy back? Yeah, I was like, it was not. So I, I haven't had it since, but if if it ever comes back, I'm going to be a happy person. So that would be my pick. The next question we had is from Riley at Sir Riles. He said today was the most un was today the most un Miss win ever. Um, that's fair. That's a fair question. 
You, it you is no a fair for, question, but Tennessee, no that's, a, that's a good segue to get into today's game. So Tennessee, <laughs> I mean, excuse me, Texas A&M can pitch the ball as probably as good as anyone in the conference, but cannot hit their way out of a paper sack. They had a, they have back to, they're going home now. And in back-to-back days, they've had a start, their starter, take a no hit bid to the eight and then take a no hit bid to the ninth. Granted, Doc Sack has got pulled after eight innings and they went 0-2. They haven't <laughs> scored a run since Tuesday morning. Do you um on on the plane ride home? Do you fire the hitting coach? So Rob Childress, something. Rob is his name, right? Yes, Rob. Yeah, Rob Childress. I got to make sure. I want to say Brad. I don't really know why. It's, um, it's either Rob or Rod. I'm pretty sure it's Rob. Yeah. So Rob Childress, A and M's head coach, in the post game was like, "Look, we pitched really well. Like, I, I feel like we're just saving up the hits for the." Uh, for the regional, and I was like, works. "That sounds like a man that, yeah, one, that's not how it works at all. Two, that sounds like one, a fan that's just hoping for the one side, or just a guy that's like, I really hope this comes true, so I'm just gonna <laughs> speak it into existence because they can't hit for anything." Doc Sackis, Ole Miss, um, and Ole Miss really doesn't have a ton of room to talk. Their offense this tournament has not been very good. Oh, it's but horrible. Doc Sackis was very good today. Um, yes. So. For obviously, you probably watched it if you're listening to this. Doug Sackis threw eight no-hit innings. Ole Miss was no-hit through eight innings. Doug Nikhazy essentially matched him pitch for pitch, not entirely, obviously, but with the no-hit thing. But Doug Nikhazy threw eight innings of three-hit shutout baseball. He was magnificent in his own right. Obviously, uh, so, Doc Sackis, so Childers makes the decision to not send Doc Sackis back out for the ninth inning in a 0-0 game. He was at 99 pitches. If you look at Doc Sackis' pitch counts this year, it's not uncommon for him to go in the 115-125 range. So sure. it was a little surprising, but I understand it because a is a host. They he's on short rest, too. Is he on short rest, though? Did he not pitch last Thursday? He pitched last Friday. Okay. So either, yeah, a little bit shorter rest, but they have bigger fish to fry. They weren't gaining a ton out of this. Um. I'm going to disagree a lot with you there. I don't think they host now. Uh, I think that completely ruins their chances to host, especially I don't after know, man. LSU. You look at RPI, they got a better chance than LSU unless LSU gets to like Saturday well, or Sunday. I don't know, man. Uh, LSU won today. I'll, I will say this. A&M has 17 SEC wins. There has never – because they went 16, 13, and 1. They won one here. There's never been a team uh, win less than 18 SEC games with the tournament combined and host. I, I don't – they may still do it, but, I, I mean, they're going to be sweating it on Sunday, I think, a little bit. Fair enough, but either way – They like, shouldn't host. They, sh- they, did, they didn't score for two days. For God's yeah, they sake. can't hit. Okay, they, right. they pitch it very well. Like between Doc Zakis and Lacey, I would go to board with them against any oh, other man. two pitchers in the country, but they can't hit. Do you look? Everybody's talking about should Florida get in? Florida gave up seven to these dudes. No, Florida shouldn't get in. That's fair enough because these guys can't hit or anything. And like, I don't want to like take away from Nikhazy, but no, 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 because he he did it to him in Oxford too. Yeah, he did. So Nikhazy was magnificent. Um, and a, a guy that really didn't have his best stuff today. I mean, he struck out two and walked four, but that's a guy that just continues to put productive outings despite not always having his best. His best stuff, and and really, where would Ole Miss? I mean, he's been the most oh, invaluable piece to this Ole Miss team because I said on radio today, this team would one already be at home if you took if you took Doug Nikhazy out of this equation. One, they would be at home. Two, they would probably be fighting for their NCAA tournament life this year instead of being yep. on the verge of hosting versus a two seed. Like they're not, they're not, they're they're in deep trouble without him. Oh man. 
because I mean, you you keep running, and I think what this this has done with him being able to stabilize this is it was able to let Zach, Zach Phillips breathe, like just chill out, and and he got in that midweek role and really flourished. I think they've got something in Phillips now. Whereas if he's not available and and you have to keep running Phillips back out there, I don't know. I don't know what else you do because he probably just runs into the ground at some point. And, and Ole Miss won a lot of Saturday games this year that, frankly, I mean, if you lose those games, you're probably not even talking about being on the bubble. You're probably just done. Yeah, and and yeah, and yeah, he, he, I don't know. The kid has a composure about him. Mike oh, Bianco really likes him. He's a smart kid. He's put together. You know, he's not a, like he doesn't necessarily project as like a huge guy at the next level, but he's going, he knows what he is. He's a very good college pitcher. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, to, to the question's point, yes, that is, it was a very un Ole Miss win to, because usually Ole Miss is the team that throws eight shutout inning, innings and somehow figures out a way to lose. Eight, yeah, uh, eight no hit innings and loses. So obviously, you've seen it already, but Dillard gets, so they take. Take him out. They have a right-hander, Bryce Miller, come in. Dillard gets greets him with a base hit to left. That, that steals is, that second base. His, that's not his title anymore. Greatest leadoff hitter in program history. Thomas Dillard is his title. Yeah, so we'll get to that because that's another <laughs> – there's a lot of interesting things happen with this team. So, <laughs> As so, always. So then it looks like they were going to strand him. Uh, so Mike Bianco elected to bunt the SEC oh, hits leader, Gray Kessinger, who popped up and wasted it out so he could have just not gone to the plate and everything, you know. No, no real difference. My, um, my favorite part was Dillard took second a pitch later. Yeah, and then Keenan grounded out, and so it looks like they might strand him their sixth base runner of the day. And Kozabowski took uh, poked it or not poked at, but he hit no. a pretty good breaking ball down the right field line, and it was the game's only run. And then Parker Caracy closes out in the ninth. And to me, outside of Nikhazy's brilliance. Crazy's the story today because yep. Mike Bianco openly said it, and he may have said it before, but just not as direct. He just said, we cannot win in the postseason without Parker Crazy. He was 100% going out there every time. And this was to my larger point when I was talking about it on the podcast earlier this week. It's not very likely that Ole Miss is going to improve their positioning. If they made it to Sunday, they could probably host. Like, But that's with the pitching they have left, particularly starting pitching, that's not likely. I'm not saying it's impossible, but with this week, like Ole Miss was locked in as a two-seed. But th- what this week afforded was an opportunity for them to figure some stuff out, and particularly in a struggling bullpen. And this created a scenario. It was a scenario where it's not life or death, but it's a one nothing game in the ninth inning, and you see how Craig Racy reacts. Because you don't gain anything by bringing in Tyler Myers, who's been magnificent there, because you don't trust Crazy. You need Crazy in the postseason, so you need to know what that looks like. And he yep. did well. He looked more like Parker Crazy. Yeah, I thought his stuff was really good today. I sat right behind home plate and, and watched. The fastball actually had some life on it, which was a little bit uh, – his fastball is usually pretty straight, and, and it wasn't today. There was, there was a good bit of life on it. Um, you need that kid, and, and it was good for him to get three outs. I was, I was really happy for him. Um, but like you said, I mean, this bullpen, frankly, look, it, as bad as it was the past two weeks, it's been pretty good over three games here. They preserved two one-run leads in three days. They have allowed one earned run on two hits in five and a third innings uh, in the three games this week. That is what the bullpen's numbers are. And and that will play. And here's another thing, not to get off the bullpen. The starters have allowed Zach Phillips, Will Etheridge, Doug Nikhazy, have allowed Ole Miss to be okay going into Friday. Nobody's burned in this bullpen. Nobody. Now, I do think they hold Roth out tomorrow because, crap, somebody's got to start Saturday if you get there. But other than that, I mean, I think they're fine. 
Yeah, no, they are. They're in good positioning because it helps when you have Etheridge go seven innings on Tuesday in a 2-1 win over Missouri. Then you had Zach Phillips, who we I guess we can go ahead and get to that a little bit now. Zach, Ole Miss loses 5-3, but Zach Phillips, once again as a starter, pitched very well, deserved a better fate. He gave up four earned runs in five and a third. Really, though, like he had one, like he the first run he gave up was because Kevin Graham bobbled a ball at first on Elko. a potential double play ball. Oh, it was Elko? Yeah, Elko started. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was, excuse me, it was Elko. Um, Bob with the ball wasn't able to get the lead runner to it, and he ended up scoring. My point being is Phillips even pitched better than his line, yep. put together a serviceable performance. Look, he's a good start, like, he's a solid starter. He is a good Sunday third guy now, and he's been that way for six weeks. Like, I feel like it's kind of gotten like hidden a little bit because Mike brought him out of the bullpen a couple times towards right. the end of the year, but as a starter, he's been fine for over a month and a half now. Yeah, and, and and I think frankly tomorrow, let's just hypothetical situation. Gunner has a bad day tomorrow. Um, I think this team is going to play a third game in a regional. I don't think they get eliminated by a four seed if they go on the road, and I don't think they go zero and two if they by miracle play at home. You got to have a third starter, and if Gunner doesn't have a good day tomorrow, is it a situation where you just don't know which one you give the ball to at this point? Oh, I'm I'm beyond that. I'm giving the ball to Phillips no matter what Hoagland does tomorrow. It really, even if you goes- look at them on all equal measure over everything they've done in the last six weeks, for I, I, I'm going to discount Phillips's like first month and a half of the season, and I know that it's not like for the sake of the argument, he's been fine for so long that I think it's a big enough sample size. If you look at them two, and it's game three of a regional that you need to win, either you're in the winner's bracket or, or you, you're staving off elimination. Who gives you a better chance to win? You hand the baseball to. Exactly. I'm giving the ball to Phillips. I'm di- I'm dying with Phillips instead of Hoagland. Yeah, because it, and I mean the numbers are what they are. Hoagland's terrible with guys on base. He doesn't always give you length. Phillips can give up some hits, but figure out a way to get out of situations. Whereas Gunner this year, uh, when things go bad, they just kind of continue to go bad. Well, that's been the difference with Phillips this in the first half of the I say have the first part where he struggled and the second part where he hasn't struggled is his damage control has been much better because even in the four runs he gave up, he slipped out of some spots where things could have gotten fairly ugly in a hurry. And that's what he's done a couple of times in these starts. And he's been pretty good. So I think that's been the biggest thing with him is damage control has been a lot better and he's located better. He still does stuff sometimes where like he'll, ha- he'll make two or three really good pitches and you're like, whoa, that's uh, like that's pretty filthy. And then he'll throw one and be like, did he throw that with the same arm? And so like <laughs> I, I and so like they're still there, but it, there's less of that. And he's getting he's getting bigger outs. And he, I think he's pitching smarter as well. Yeah, no, I think that's completely, uh, completely true. So I, I mean, it's I think game three next week it'll be interesting i don't think it's uh i don't think it's just you know locked in stone that that hogland would get the ball in that situation at all um after the way phillips pitched because his look if you just like you said if you just look at his line you'll be like oh i guess he was okay no he was good yesterday he was really good and and pitched to some bad luck yeah, he because gets, I mean, not that the win loss record matters at all, but it's just like the most peak Zach Phillips thing ever to get tagged with a loss in that game. Well, and you know, the first inning RBI that he gives up, it was a really good breaking ball that Fletcher was sitting on breaking ball and he flipped a little single to left field. It was a really good pitch. Uh, he just really did pitch to some bad luck yesterday. Um, well, yeah, and that shouldn't have ever happened. They should have gotten right, the lead runner. Yeah, no, Elko shouldn't have bobbled the ball. But to your point, yeah, it wasn't a bad pitch on the hit he gave up. And then I thought this was interesting. So if you'll remember on when 
uh, the last batter Phillips faced, Ole Miss had taken a 3-2 to two lead. Phillips had allowed a couple on base with an HBP and a walk, I believe. And so right. it's second and third with two outs, and Mike elects to ride with him, which I didn't necessarily mind because you had – was it Kirsten. Miller? No, no, who was in the pen? Uh, I think Miller, it was Miller. Yes. Yes. So Michael lets it ride with him, but so uh, and Phillips gives up a hit, and they take a four to three lead, and then that was kind of a sour ending to a good outing. But Mike actually said, "I should have called a breaking ball instead of a fastball. I really wish I had that one back." Essentially, that's kind of on me. Yeah, and it was um, because the kid had sat there and fouled off fastball after fastball after fastball, and you had first base open. Um, I have no clue why you'd be scared to walk him and bring in Miller there. Um, and you call a fastball, and the kid pounds it to left center field. That's really not on Zach. No, it's not. But on it's it, to me, it was more like seeing like I don't know. I just not that Mike throws his kids under the bus. Him being that honest and just kind of being like like not that it's out of character, but he's not usually that open about stuff no. like that. Like no one asked him specifically about that pitch or anything, but he kind of offered it up on his own, which I, I thought was I thought was interesting and um. We could probably get into this at a later podcast, but Mike Bianco is like, I don't know. He's been a lot more relaxed this week. Like he was self-deprecating. He, he in the loss yesterday, he cracked a joke about his general studies degree at LSU. Like when, with regards <laughs> to talking about uh, whether to keep Cooper Johnson or not in the game and what the training staff decided. Like, I don't know. He's, I, and I, this could be completely just blowing smoke and not true at all, but like, he seems more relaxed. And I don't know if that's reflective of the team's play, but it's, it's, it, 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 it's not nothing in my opinion. Let's let's. A lot of people are doing this. The offense has obviously not been very good over three games in Hoover. I don't think the offense has not been good because they're playing tight. I think they're not been good because they don't hit lefties. And I think John Doxakis was really really good today. I don't think playing tight was the reason they've struggled over there or, or in Hoover on the offensive end of things. No, and that kid from Arkansas was freshman All SEC, and then they brought in Cronin at the end. Like oh. it's not like Arkansas was mailing that in. No. And they struggle with lefties. That is what it is at this point. So, I guess let's get back to the questions here because we kind of right. covered some different stuff there. Um, let's go Rail Raiders. I don't know what that is. Um, how far do you think we have to go to host? So, he's asking how far do you think Ole Miss has to go to host? you got to get to Sunday. Yes, they have to get to Sunday. But I will say I, I feel pretty good if I'm Ole Miss at this point that they will host if they're there on Sunday. That's two really good RPI wins. Um, man, Ole Miss is going to have 20 top 50 wins and 12 top 25 wins. With and, and here's what doesn't need to get forgotten: if you're if you're the committee and you're looking at this team and they're there on Sunday, this team won a series in Fayetteville. This team won a series in Baton Rouge. They swept A and M. That's got to matter at some point, right? Yeah, and like, man, if you're if you just take one game against State. Or don't yeah. lose the Arkansas State game, you're already probably just talking about getting to Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it. I think anyone discounting hosting chances. Now, you can say if you say this team can't win another game in Hoover, okay, that's fine. But mathematically, no, this team is not eliminated from the hosting discussion. Now, there's work to do. But yeah, winning team, two is going to be tough. Yes, it is going to be very tough. This team beats Arkansas and beats Georgia. There, I feel pretty comfortable there will be baseball in Oxford next week. I would agree with that. I would preface it with I don't think that's going to happen. I don't but either. the fact that there's a chance this shouldn't be discounted. No, no, um, don't don't say there's no chance because there is. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Red Brick Rebel asks, 
Did you see the Auburn LSU ending? Uh, I yes, I did. I was doing a radio show during it. Look, uh, look, look. We asked uh, if that was the most on Ole Miss win ever. Was that the most LSU win of all time? Okay, so no, this is actually in reply to another question we got. So James Lott said, "Is bunting the most we are Ole Miss thing ever?" Oh, we um, get to we can get to some bunting. We'll get here to in that minute. in a second. But Red Brick Rebel replied and said, "Did you see the LSU Auburn inning?" So that's actually kind of funny. I did see the LSU Auburn inning. That's the most LSU win of all time. Um, I felt bad for the kids from Auburn. That game probably did didn't too. mean anything to Auburn, but like that's a very helpless feeling because the catcher had no idea where the ball went, and then well, like. He the first it. guy, the first guy triple taked. The 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 first runner decided he goes, I'm gonna go, no, I'm not, I'm gonna go, well, no, I'm not, I'm gonna go, then goes, and then the second guy scored after they threw it away. Well, in defense of the guy at third base, the ball was right under the catcher. He kicked the ball. It wasn't that he could like he couldn't find it, but it wasn't like far away. It was under him. And then he kicked it. So so the guy didn't know. He couldn't go. The ball's right there. And then the genius kicks the ball. It's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Well, and after the first one scores, if you're the guy tossing it, you have to eat it. What are you doing? Eat it. Yeah, why are you Why are you throwing that? Why are you throwing across your body on the run there? Just eat it. The The winning run's on third base at that point. Just, just eat scored. it. Oh, God. Lord. Yeah, that so was that, was, that was bad. Um, Let's have a running discussion. Wait, no, let's get – I feel like Bunting's going to take a second, so let's get it through is. the end of these. Uh, okay. Should I be more excited about the pitching or should I be more concerned about the hitting, says Jared Robinson. Uh, you should um, be more excited about the pitching. The, the hitting yeah, is what it is. Yeah, I'm not pumping some sunshine here either, but I would agree with that because this team, while it might not be the lineup that people thought it was going to be, they're not going to hit at this level for an extended period no. of time. And what's more damaging to this thing when you weigh the two – it's 100% a bullpen that can't get outs because you look at it. This team has endured stretches where they haven't hit the baseball well and they've been okay. You saw what happened when the bullpen can't be can't get people out. It was a free fall. They lost six games in a row for the first time since 2013. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Look, pitching is the reason this team gets out of a regional next week, right? Like Will Etheridge and Doug Nikhazy have to be good. If they're not good, Ole Miss is not going to play in a super regional. But that's the thing. They can be really good, and I don't care if they're playing in Los Angeles, Oxford, Athens, or not Athens, Atlanta, Raleigh, Chapel Hill. If Doug Nikhazy and Will Etheridge are good next week, Ole Miss has a chance no matter where they play baseball. I was talking to my friend Ted Cahill, who is a writer at Baseball America, and just this is very minor to very almost irrelevant, but he said he doesn't think Chapel Hill is going to happen. He does. He thinks okay. North Carolina's not going to get together. Yeah, he thinks Raleigh's happening, but not Chapel Hill, which yeah, is interesting. Disagree. But to your, to your, I just thought that was a random interesting note once. Once that was mentioned, but yeah, no, I, I, I certainly agree. That will be why, because they're going to hit enough. Like I, yeah. I, I don't envision them struggling to score a run for eight innings in a regional <laughs> game next week. Well, I mean, they're not facing John Daxakis next week. Yeah. I mean, in some ways it's almost as simple as that. And like, yeah, like they scored two runs on 10 hits against a bad Missouri team, but, but they had 10 hits. Yeah, like, they it, did. And, and so, and they only had five hits yesterday. Like they're not hitting right now. I'm not trying to, shirk it off as it's nothing but if you're talking about what's more damaging to Ole Miss's postseason chances it is 100% a bullpen that cannot get people out I mean you've, you've seen it already you've seen them go through stretches where they haven't hit and that hasn't been great but they've been okay when that bullpen started going a little sideways boy Oof. things got squirrely in a hurry yep, yep. um past the bunting thing we'll come back to that in a second did we ever get an explanation as to why Greer Holston didn't pitch at all this year? Well, He's got that the, is yep. from Shelby Hall, who is a buddy of mine. Um, 
I'll have you know, sir, he did pitch. He pitched one. He pitched one <laughs> inning in the ninth inning of the Governor's Cup, and he hasn't been seen since. Um, Burned that red shirt. He yeah, is so, on the travel roster. I can confirm that. Yes, he is on the travel roster. Look, he he had some dead arm, followed by some mental stuff. And I, I phrased this wrong whenever the first time mental stuff. He had the yips, basically, yeah. kind of forgot his throwing motion and what he's doing. I don't mean to like make light of that because I mean you've seen it happen with with yeah. I mean in other sports you've seen it happen in baseball too. Rick but, and Kill dealt with it. Dealt with it. Yeah, exactly. And so like it, it happens, whatever. But that that is why um, yeah. he has the yips. And yeah. he was throwing, you know, mid eighties. That that's yeah. not a that's not a that's not a recipe to help contribute uh, in a game. And so that's why but he he might. And I'm not kidding here. If they're there on Sunday, shit, he might pitch. Because <laughs> if they're there on Sunday, they're gonna be through it, man. Yeah, I mean that's a fair man. What a world that would be. I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong either because like I mean it's gonna have to get down where you're gonna have to pitch something. You know what I mean? Like I mean no. like Trophy and and Jordan Fowler. Look, Jordan Fowler is pitching if this thing gets to Sunday at some point. So is Trophy. Yeah, and so I mean, is probably Caleb Hill. Yeah, well I think Hill is probably a notch above those two guys right now. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Um, we have. Did you have any questions? Like, did you? No, get any? no. They, they kind of both added us. So uh, okay. No, I've got a couple more because I got a couple texted in. Um. Okay. So this is after the loss yesterday is when I was sent these. This is from a listener, Forrest, who is a buddy of mine. Um. Here's a couple questions you can use on Friday's podcast about Bianco's bleep up today if you want to use them. <laughs> Why do you not bunt Graham in the eighth with runners Let's just on get first to all, and second? Let's get to all that together. We'll okay, but this can – okay. I mean, all these are bunting related, so it... – okay. yeah. Let's just get to <laughs> so, it. All right, here we go. So <laughs> – why this do you not brand. bunt Kevin Graham in the eighth, the first and second, no down? So Ole Miss well, at that time is trailing four to three in the right. eighth inning against Arkansas. Olenek reaches on an error. Yeah. Um, Cooper Johnson gets hit in the head, which is incredibly scary. scary. Uh, Bianco said it caught actually did catch part of his face, but caught enough helmet to where it wasn't devastating. Obviously, um, I don't know if you saw the replay of that. Cooper Johnson made it very aware that uh, made it very apparent he was not coming out of the game. Uh, did he? I never saw it, but I heard someone Oof. say that he said, "I'm not coming out of this effing game." Yeah, that is. Do you want verbatim. anything else from that from your catcher, though? Um, oh, oh no, I loved it. But hold on, but before we get there, let's talk about what happened Tuesday first, because I think that plays into this decision why people were frustrated. Let's go backwards because this situation is. It, I think I think we'll be able to explain it better if we start with why okay. he didn't versus why he did. So. Okay. First and second, no outs. They're down a run. Obviously, the other day, the Tuesday game you're talking about, I'm pretty sure it was a, basically a similar scenario. And he had yes. bunted earlier in that game in the fourth. So preface this with this. There's probably not a lot of people that know this because I actually didn't know this until I kind of started asking some people yesterday. So apparently, Kevin Graham, and this is going to sound ridiculous, cannot bunt. Like That doesn't do sound ridiculous. No, he's never been asked to bunt in his life. I get but that. it doesn't matter. You're a Division One college baseball player. You can't put a bunt down. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit there. If you've never done it, bunting ninety four ninety three. You've never bunted was... in junior junior why, high high school. Why would he? Ball? He hits homers. Why would he? But bunt? there's at some point there's this instructional video you watch as an eleven year old. It's like, hey, this is how we sure. bunt. Like, I, okay, hold on. I haven't played baseball in God knows how long, and I'm I, I'm being a little exaggeratory here, but I'm not. This. If someone was like, hey. Walk out there and drop a butt down. I think I could do it in three tries. Oof. Okay, I tell you what. I tell you what. Let's do that. 
I figure we can get somebody to do that. Okay. So, anyway, uh, that is apparently what it was. He cannot bunt. Can't nope, do it. He can't. And at that point, I, I misspoke when we were talking about this earlier. Bianco's reasoning was they would have had to sub, and he would have had to put in Josh Hall to bunt. And at that point, he didn't know where the game was going to be, and he didn't want to – I said empty the bench. He didn't want to burn another bench piece in that scenario to do that, and that's why he didn't swing away. He said, I "I felt with the amount of fastballs that guy was throwing, Kevin Graham – like Kevin had the best chance of swinging away, which if that's your philosophy, fine, but have some consistency about it. Don't bunt at one point. Now, I know personnel matters a little bit, but like come on, man. Like don't bunt once. And then, yeah, not, it, and then, it's not a philosophy if it's not consistent. No, that's that's the problem. If that's not a bunt, it, uh, okay. I have zero issues with with Kevin Graham, Anthony's video, and and who, who Adam swinging white. No, because here, right, let me let me get into this too. All right, Kevin Graham bunts. They brought in the left hander for Jacob Adams, right? To to and they pinch it with Cockrell. People forget that part. They they bring in Cockrell to pinch it for Adams. Well, why would they not have brought the left-hander in for Servideo when the guy gets to third base? So they bring lefty in for Servideo. He's striking out. I promise. And then Chase Cockrell strikes out. You don't score. So that's hold no- on. That's the second part. That's it. What? That's one of his questions. Uh, it says, "Why do you? Why do you pinch hit Cockrell? He has done nothing but strike out since coming to Ole Miss. I would have let anyone on this team bat over Cockrell." So one, I'll correct you in the sense that he carried their lineup at certain points last year. But to your sure. point, he has done nothing this year. He has struck out in forty percent. For six percent of the at-bats, and I'm actually in agreement with Fortist here on this one because he hasn't done anything. And I get so Bianco's reasoning, and I'll, I'll start out with that. Bianco said after the game, he said, "I felt with Cronin's high velocity, Cockrell gave them the best us uh, gave us the best opportunity to catch up with it." But my point on this is Cockrell has hit the same amount of home runs as I have this year. <laughs> he. He's and I don't mean to pile on the kid. He's striking out forty six percent of the time. I know Adams has been bad against left handers. I know Fitzsimmons has been bad against left handers. But why? Like you, at least if you put a ball in play, you have a prayer of you know the third baseman throwing it into the stands or it being a tweener yeah. or a and, number. Why are you batting the guy that strikes out forty six percent of the time? Because Jacob Adams doesn't strike out. He's he's not good against left handers, but he doesn't strike out forty six percent of the time. Correct. So put and, it in and, play. And that's and that's where Major League Baseball and college baseball are a little bit different. Look, I'm a big analytics person. Strikeouts really don't matter. I don't care if you strike out. In saying that, if I've got a guy that can't hit, if I've got two guys that can't really hit lefties, give me the guy that's not going to strike out because there's much more likely of a chance that the shortstop's going to make an error in college baseball than it is pro baseball. Because so, you can't make an error if you don't put it in play. Exactly. I mean, I guess the catcher can miss it, but I don't know how he's missing yeah, basketball like, down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that'd be impressive, I'll be honest. Um, and it was a very predictable result. I mean, he struck out in three yeah. pitches. Now, granted, he, like, he almost hit that double down the line. He almost he bounced did. one. And, and now, but, let's keep it fair. He wasn't the only one that Matt Cronin struck out either. But, no, no, you're talking about an all-American closer that throws gas with a devastating slider. Like, this is not some punch and Judy like no. pitcher. He was like Matt Cronin is very, very, very good, but yeah. at like, least like Adam Simmons gives you a better chance. I get yeah, they do. You're right. You're hundred percent right. It wouldn't have mattered. They could they could have put Michael Fitzsimmons up there. They could have put Jacob Adams, Carl. Yeah, I mean Cronin struck out all four batters yeah, he, in the they, game. Nobody was getting a hit. I promise. 
Um, but yeah, no, the cockerel conversation's fair. I mean, it's at this point that that's just kind of over. I do think had they not started Elko, Elko would have gotten that at bat, but Elko was burned, obviously. Um, and now while Elko has not had a really good year, I do think there's at least, I think there's some potential in Elko that, that I've just not seen in cockerel this year. So we'll wrap this up, this question up with, with the bunting philosophy thing as a whole. So let's talk about today. Today was just bad. So he bunts Gray Kessinger who's the SEC hits leader again. But my thing is, is one, I'm not a proponent of bunting. I don't, I, I'm not a fan of giving, and I'm not like, I'm not to go, not going to go on full on numbers nerd with you. I think analytics makes sense. I'm not anti that, but what I'm saying is, is like, I'm just not a fan generally of giving away an out. Right. Um, but there are scenarios where if you're down a run in the ninth inning and you get or a leadoff double, bunt him over to third, yeah. and then you know try to tie it. Or if you're tied and one run ends the game, you know bunt him over, whatever. I, I don't ever think right, there's a right. scenario to well, bunt somebody from first to second. But if you bunt him to where 90 feet or a fly ball scores him, something like, you know yeah. what I mean, bunt him 90 feet away. No. There are specific scenarios where bunting's fine. But the problem is, and this is, I mean, I've been on this for a while, and I'm not saying I'm the only one, but the reason people get upset at the quote-unquote Bianco ball thing is because it's not a philosophy if it's not consistent, and he's not consistent with it. No, no. See, I had no problem today. Did you have a problem when Cooper Johnson squared around the bunt to try to get Olenek to third with, with one out? That was I actually would have let Cooper swing away, but I'm not going to crush anyone for bunting there. Like, you know no. what I mean? Like, for whatever. Yeah. Okay. Dan, for the sake of the argument, yes, it was fine. That was that, fine. That whatever. Bun, I got, look, because I don't want it to come off that, that all bunting is bad. No, I thought that was good. There's never a scenario you should bunt a guy from first to second. And let me, let me clarify that. There is absolutely zero scenario where Greg Kessinger should bunt a guy from first to second. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Well, Gray shouldn't bunt ever. Uh, I'll disagree a little bit. Um, if you need one run, you're in the bottom of the tenth inning, second to third. I think that's a big deal. But I mean, that's fine. I mean, I, I'm not going to crucify ever bunting a guy second to third when you need one run. But that was not that. I mean, he he tried to bunt a guy from first to second. I mean, this is not 1957, man. We it's kind of like smoking. We've got data that says it's stupid. Don't do it. You know. Um, I don't know. It just, it just drives me wild. Yeah. And it's, it, and that's the thing though. Like if I think it frustrates Ole Miss fans because there is not a, there's not a there's coherent no philosophy. It's like, and it's not really even based off feel either. I mean, I guess that's really <laughs> the argument or whatever, but it's really just like, uh, I'm feeling a bunt here and I'm really not. And like, I say, it's not based off feel like there's no way he's looking at like, to, like the, I don't know. It's inexcusable. Not, I don't even know what I'm saying here. It's not based off feel. It's literally just what he wants to do in the moment. It's what he had for lunch that day. Yeah. Like it's based off feel in the sense that it's whatever he's feeling in that moment, but it's not based off feel in like, Oh, this is the way this game's going. I'm going to bunt. Like it's, it's, there's not, let's not give it too much credit. There's not that kind of thought into it. No, it's, it's the guy that, that goes to the blackjack table. This is exactly what it is. Wow, I just came up with the best analogy ever. It's the guy that goes to the blackjack table, and and he gets 16, and he hits one time and doesn't hit the next. Like, no, that's not how you do it. You either bunt every single time, which would annoy me, but I get it. Or you don't. You don't play in the You're middle. a small ball just, guy or you're not. Pick a yes. side, buddy. <laughs> I mean, like, you either hit on 16 or you don't. It's that simple. 
Like, yeah, uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I mean, that's a perfect way to put it. I mean, like, yeah, you either do or you don't. Now, and granted, there, like we just said, there are exceptions to where you can deviate one way or another, but it's just a bunch. Like, if you put, like, if you put all the decisions he's made as far as not bunting or bunting, and you put it in a blender, it's just a bunch of junk. Like, they, well, it's like a bunch of puzzle pieces that don't fit. Like, it, it, okay. it, it, it's not a coherent philosophy. Okay, all right. I'm going to offer you. Well, I mean, he basically said it on, on Tuesday. Ole Miss is in the fifth inning, which you shouldn't bunt in the fifth inning. But, anyways, uh, Dillard gets a double, I guess. And he, Greg Hester bunts him second to third. And then Ole Miss gets him in. He said that he thought that run was, it, it runs were at a premium, and he thought getting. Dillard from second to third was was massive. Okay, I disagree. Okay, he he thought that you know Gray Kester not swinging was for the betterment of the team. How on the next day do you feel like letting Kevin Graham, Anthony Servideo, and and Chase Cockrell swing is a better situation than letting Kessinger, Keenan, and Zabowski swing? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I can't like. I mean, I'm not going to, like, push back or, like, retort it because I, 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 can't, I can't. I mean, yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> That's the problem. No, I, yeah. If you just say, so, hey, Kevin Graham can't bunt, all right, cool. I get it. Like, <laughs> Kevin Graham can't bunt. We didn't want to take him out of the game. That makes – that I, I can handle that answer. To say that you wanted those three guys to swing, no, nah, man, that doesn't make sense. Um. So that's all the questions I had. Is there anything – like, I'm trying to think of Missouri game. Will Etheridge was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Okay, the bullpen the Olenic thing. The Olenic thing's a thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's I. I personally think if Ole, all right, well, hell, if they're up three to two on, I don't know who. Do you, have you got a Georgia and Arkansas score in front of you? Uh, no, I left the ballpark like an hour ago and it was one okay. nothing, but I can find it. Um, let's just if let's just say they're playing Georgia. Ole Miss is up four to three on Georgia tomorrow. Who gets the ball in the bottom of the ninth? <sighs> okay, so I'll actually say Olenek because Caracy on a second day is not always as good. But well, I'm not doing that because I'm ditching Caracy. But, like, there's evidence to show that Caracy's not good the second time he's used in a weekend. And this would be – this isn't obviously a weekend, but it's back-to-back days. Okay. All right, all right. Let's just – one-to-one in the eighth currently between okay. Arkansas and Georgia. That is a useless update to you people listening because by the time this podcast <laughs> is up, this will be over, but whatever. All right. Well, maybe not. They may play 17. Um, oh, but God. <laughs> think about that. The state would have to wait and play after that. I was about to say that would screw state as equally as playing 17. They, they just push the game tomorrow. But anyways, okay, let's just say that Ole Miss wins 8 nothing tomorrow. They're not. Let's just say they do. On Saturday, Ole Miss is up three to two on Arkansas in the ninth inning. Who who gets the ball? I guess uh, what I'm Crazy. getting is who, who's Crazy. the closer here. It's crazy. You, you, yeah, I think I agree. I think if they're in a regional next week and Ole Miss needs three outs to move on, I think Parker Crazy is getting the ball, and I don't necessarily blame it. I thought, look, I but Olenek's Mike, a hell of an insurance policy oh, is kind of what we're getting at here. Yes, I, I criticize Mike Bianco a lot, and, and he, uh, frankly, I think he deserves a lot of criticism for how he's done stuff this year. I thought that was really good managing to get Parker Crazy the ball today. You have to see what that looks like. That's what I wrote today. I think my exact words when I wrote it, I said, whether it makes like, oh, this was a, a scenario Ole Miss needed to see unfold, whether it may, you know, uncomfortable or uncomfortable for better or for worse, it had to happen. 
I mean, you got a closer that can't get people out, or had I'd say can't had not gotten people out. They need him for the postseason. He's Mike Bianco said as much. You had to see how that played out. Yep. So he had to pitch today. I think that was a smart decision too. What I will push back on, and I'm not going to second guess like Mike here. Like that's not the game I'm trying to play. When when Myers struck, and I get you probably won him later in the week, but when Myers struck out the side in the eighth, I'm probably sticking with him in that Missouri game instead of Olenek. Okay, that that that's fair. But don't you kind of want to see what you got in Olenek again? If, if you're you've if already you're doing- seen it though. Like yeah, I mean you saw it at Tennessee. That's, that's I mean he hasn't sure pitched much, but like it's been the same every time. I mean Olenek's been. I mean I wrote a notebook on this Tuesday, but Olenek's been good every single time he's pitched. Yeah, like he literally throws every single one. Like he, he throws, throws strikes. Ball he uh, he made sure. So we we had a media availability on Monday, and I asked him if he if recovery. Of course he had that flu. He had that virus thing where he lost so yeah. much weight, and I asked him if he uh. Because his velocity was down against Tennessee, so I asked him if he felt okay, and he made sure to correct me that the uh, the radar gun there was slow. The readings he got from the Ole Miss side was up a tick. Yeah, the, the, well, the radar Just gun very, down too. Oh, it makes no sense. They had a uh, they had Duxakis going eighty eight. That's just not uh, right. They're crazy at eighty six. Yeah, I mean, but that thing's been wrong all week. Like, but like that's yeah. No, the the gun in Hoover is not not accurate. But yeah, so I like I that. Mean, this, that's the biggest thing this team need to figure out. Like, yeah, he got an outside shot to host, whatever. But they figured out the bullpen thing. It seems like they've got enough arms pitching well that I think yeah. they may be okay. They got Myers, to get Austin Miller going. They do, but he's been fine. Yeah. He hasn't been great, but he's been fine. Like he's not blowing up, and he's been fine. And then Crazy looked more like himself today. Tyler Myers hasn't allowed an earned run since, or a run period since May third. He's gone five straight scoreless outings. Roth has been the best pitcher they've had out of the bullpen the last month and a half. There's enough there. Like, Caracy was kind of the X factor here. Yeah. And and if they get him going, I mean, look, this bullpen was good before it all went to hell. Um, so, I, you know, I think there's I think they're maybe catching a second win. I don't know. We're, we're going to see tomorrow because I don't anticipate Gunnar Hogland's going to throw up six innings tomorrow. They're going to have to they're going to have to rely on this bullpen going into Friday. And, and I think we'll see what they're kind of made of. Man, if he gives them four. If, if you offer Mike Bianca right now, four innings, one run, does he take it? <sighs> That's enough to think about not taking it, but if I were him, I probably would. Yeah, I, I, I would have. Because I'm just sitting here doing the math in my head. I can get one from Olenek. I can get two from Gracie. Uh, I can get one from Roth. Or I mean, you, you can find Myers five more. Myers is available, too. Yeah, I, I I said Roth. I don't think Roth will be available tomorrow. They're going to try I, to hold him out in case he pitches. Somebody's got to start Saturday. Yep, and, and I it's think, probably honestly, not going to be Jordan Fowler. If you get to Sunday, and I don't think he'd throw long, I bet Will Etheridge gets the ball again. I mean, it's four days rest. I bet he throws on 30 Sunday. Pitches. Yeah, I bet he throws. Oh 30 yeah, pitches. no, I I would agree with that. I mean, crap! You wouldn't have anybody left at that point, honestly. Well, yeah, and if they want it, like there's there's zero doubt as to whether they're hosting. No, no, they they would play baseball in Oxford again. But the so. problem is, is where I think Ole Miss's weaknesses are finally going to kind of pop up in the sense that, like, Gunner hasn't necessarily been good after their first two pitchers. They haven't been nearly as good, and you're about to face two really, yeah. really good teams. You are, and now here's the only thing that can save Ole Miss right now. I think going into Friday and Saturday, they're about to face. 
Arkansas and Georgia are right-handed pitcher heavy. This offense is going to have to get going over the next two days if they want to keep playing in Hoover. There can't be any scoring scoring one. Yeah, because there's not. They don't runs. have enough level top top level arms left to win a two like another one nothing no, two one no. game. Like they're going to have to hit. They got to score six seven. They got to they score. Yeah, and so I that's mean, been the biggest issue is that Ke- man Kessinger and Keenan have not been very good. It's really just been kind of the Dillard show. Dillard and Zabowski show. Yeah, that's that's literally what this lineup has been, and <laughs> like it's definitely not nothing, and it's definitely cause for concern. Like if you're Ole Miss, but like. I just have a hard time believing it's going to continue at this level for much longer. Like they may yeah. not be a potent offense, like some of the national people like to say they are, but like it's not going to be like this. I, I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a dumbass. Maybe I'll put <laughs> have an egg on my face in a second, but I, in a couple of days. But I don't think it's going to continue at this rate because they've been they, very, very bad. They've hit 190 over three games. That ain't. That's not going to continue. If it does, then me and you are both wrong. But I don't think they're going to hit 190. I don't think Tyler Keenan and Greg Kessinger are going to go one for 16 much longer. Yeah, one I for agree. 16. Oof, that's yeah, bad. so th- that's it. But that's their hope this weekend. They're going to have to hit if they're going to get the outside hosting check. If we're going to play this game, and it's like what? Is, like if they were to get, you know. The outside hosting chance, if that were to come to fruition, why? It's because they scored seven or eight runs a game. How, how many runs do they have to score over the next two games to play on Sunday? What's your guess? Fourteen and a half. Fourteen and a half? I'll, I'll, I'll I'm not, go. you know what I mean? That's that's what I, but, but I'm setting yep. the over under at that. I think they have, I think they have to score more. Okay. That's, I mean, I'm not going to disagree. I, mean, I, think they have I just thought that was a fair number. Yeah, no, it is a fair number. That's what I'm saying. I think they have to score right around there, 14, 15, 16 runs if they want to play on Sunday. Well, you got anything else? That's about all I got. I need to go it's get about, some food. Yeah, you probably do. It's been a probably long day for you. You like the little bit, game but or no? What? You like the nine thirty game or no? Uh, I didn't like waking up early, but it's fine. I mean, I'm honestly the one thirty is perfect. Like the one thirty yeah. was the great two days, and I'm, as long as I don't have the night game, I'm, I'm 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 not complaining. I shouldn't complain either way, but like I'm not gonna gripe over the nine thirty versus the one or anything like that. So we're good. Um, if they do win, we'll probably have time to do another one tomorrow. Like it probably won't be as long because we've gone like three days. But the reason we didn't podcast like we told you we would was because I don't know it's just two 130 turnarounds like by the time half the stuff we were talking about would be obsolete be in a matter of like 12 hours particularly yeah. with me having to do radio until six afterward so tomorrow we will probably most likely definitely have time to podcast so if they you know win or lose we'll probably be back at it tomorrow we'll just go ahead and count on it so yeah just make just make sure you get your golf in before they play yeah I'm, I'm no golf this week I don't think um, really well, I mean, I'd have time to play tomorrow morning, but, like, I don't have anyone to play with because Richard's going to be spending most of the time getting his RV. Richard's had a big week. He's uh, He put the RV – so someone blew up the uh, transmission in the uh, Super Talk RV, so oh, Richard caught his own all week. So he's uh, so Richard's been staying at the RV place with an RV to himself. They've been cooking food. Richard's having a, basically a mini vacation here I with like a couple that. hours of radio mixed in. Yeah, big week for Dick Cross. Um, so he's, he's been having a time this week, but it's been fun. Like I've gone out there and eaten some food. It's a good time. The RV setup he has is super nice, but, uh, yeah, so we'll be back at it tomorrow for Colin Brister. I am Brian Scott Rippey and we will see you then. A super talk Mississippi media production.